Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, Eleanor Watson joins. She's the curator of um, the Design Museum's exhibition on yeah. football. They've just done designing the beautiful game. She was very interested. Didn't like football. We found her a club, Paul. Didn't yeah, we, we, we found, found her a club because uh, a, a relative played for a now championship yeah. club, a club of the great history. Um, we spoke to Richard Patel, who is the owner of the Home of Marbles. But as we discovered... Doesn't know a massive about, <laughs> amount about marbles, but that's where they hold the world championship in Crawley, Romesh country. Charlie's trying to get him down there, as get you'll discover. There, a personal appearance. And what else did we do for you? We um, spoke to Adam Rowe. We did. Yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, in, in Lisbon, Lisbon ahead of tonight's game between Liverpool and Benfica. So that should get you started. We had a bit of a chat. You got involved. Here it all is. <laughs> Seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. Uh, limping a bit today. Played five aside again last night. Second, yeah. second run out for the new Kaiser Fives. Two goals last night, Paul. Just, just the two last night. But uh, okay. do you want to talk us through the finishes? Still got what, it. What well, was the first one on? was a little touch, a turn, bang, smack. Really hard and low. Alan, bang, yeah. smack. <laughs> really bang. hard and low, Paul. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, my son was playing last night. And, uh, in goal? Set, no, no, he's about oh, pitch, okay. playing out pitch. And he uh, crossed it in and I tapped it in, Paul. It was lovely. Baker really? finds Baker. That's nice. Always a nice oh, feeling. Lovely. It was a lovely yeah. smashing feeling. But a little bit limpy today, Paul. A little bit limpy today. Do you warm down? No, no, no. Don't Do you warm, warm up? up? Not really. It's no, not no. a good idea Just at your get age. there, climb out the car. So we you don't play any stretches We don't play till nine o'clock. But you're not doing any stretches at all. Well, I feel like I'm stretched from the day, Paul. I feel like I've stretched all day. That's not enough. It's not enough, no. Just basic. Just do a couple of minutes, Charlie. Yeah. Is it going to make any difference? When we used to play, we play on Friday nights. Mm. Uh, Well, I still do play on Friday nights. But when when we play, we had a little period of warming down, Mm. and you know we got out the habit of it. But it did make a big difference. Does it? Just just to what the next day. Yeah, just yeah. not waking up and not going, oh, the old <laughs> hamstrings and the yeah. calves. Are I, I quite like it though, because it's quite a nice, it's a fond feeling, isn't it? Because every time I feel that hamstring today, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember those goals. I you feel like you put the work in. It's lovely, okay, isn't it? It's like you've, like you've done something. So there we are, very happy, but I uh, perhaps should have done a few squat thrusts or something. Now, Charlie, people often asked uh, me over the years, they've said, how do you, how do you, how do you get into radio? How do you oh, become yeah. a, somebody. Who, do you know? I've got a clue. <laughs> not a clue. Just come, come, no idea whatsoever. From my point of view, I still don't know what I'm doing here, to be honest. But you know, you go through the familiar stuff, you know, mm-hmm. to maybe do some stuff at university and 
and kind of get do the university radio yeah. station when you get opportunities do a work placement yeah. get a feel for what you want all the kind of tried and tested up, ways you might turn up keep turn turning up, up yeah look like, yeah you know be keen etc or as we discovered yesterday another alternative is is to glue yourself to the microphone I, 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 yeah, I look, saw this an LBC this. This, is a, this is why I'm still here but um, I mean exactly <laughs> that does explain a lot doesn't it I wonder why you hadn't moved I come in on a Monday night poor old Darren Bent has to slightly shift you over you have to take your yeah, jacket off because yeah. it's glued to the table Very quiet though aren't I when yeah, the shows are. are on it's good you're here all night Martin Kellner <laughs> yeah. Paul the Ross lot, and you lot. just keep your mouth shut don't exactly. you exactly and Paul Quint in the morning they can't take you off air not air Never, they'll never know. So, in in the spirit of Charlie's choice, the uh, crackpot call subject of the day, um, I, I'm quite interested here from the listeners. Um, what have you glued yourself oh, to? Perfect, Paul. What wow. have you glued yourself you, to? You haven't told. You normally tell me what you're going to do before we come on air. And I'm I like, didn't. Yeah, that's going to be good. But that one you've saved up specially. You think that'll work? Oh, and it's and it's better than my one, which is when did you wear the wrong shoes? <laughs> which is we can save that for Thursday, Paul. That's a, yeah. When did this you is wear Tiger, the wrong isn't it? He's Tiger his Woods. Foot joy. Well, the yeah. thing is, they're more maybe they're more comfortable. They're a bit more of a kind of Nans sure golf the, shoe. Sure, the Nike people are pleased to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you know, maybe they don't. Nike would say, from a demographic point of view, yeah. they're not producing shoes for Nans. No, oh, yeah, maybe they are. Yeah. Maybe they do a Nans range. Well, I don't know. I, just I, do it. I, but I don't know. You sort of do it slightly slower <laughs> yeah. than you would normally. Just do it in a minute. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I can't do it. You can, Mum. I can't do, it. Mum. You can. You can definitely just do give it if it you a try. Go. I can't. I can't. Not with these legs. Well, they're the only legs you got, Mum. So. It's going to look long on a T-shirt, that. It will, it? it will look quite <laughs> with that swoosh next yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. It'll look Mom, good, though. you can do it. I don't know how your feet are, Paul, but I get a thing called hallux limitus, which is a stiff toe. And if oh. I wear two soft soles or two thin shoes, then, then I... I'm out for weeks. Really? So maybe that's what Tiger's got. Maybe Nike don't do the the, the shoe that he needs. So, so your Astros, joy do. your Astros have got, well, you've got all sorts old school, of Paul. They're lifts old school. and everything. No, they're old school, Paul. They're very fast, score good goals, good grips. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, what have you glued yourself to? Yes. And in what circumstances? Uh, do let us know. Talksport.com. Text 81089, tweet TSH and J. Save the wrong shoes for Thursday. Other great story. I remember years ago, Andy and I were on Friday night a million years ago and we were talking about uh, unlikely sightings of, of the stars and I said oh, yeah. and Annie said well what would that be and I said well you know maybe you're in the Arndale Centre in, in Bolton and Pele's there oh lovely so it became the staple Pele in the Arndale yeah. Centre I don't know if there is an Arndale Centre in Bolton but you, you get the idea I do um, and then we got one today um, Deerham in Norfolk you see who's there Travol- John Travolta John Travolta no, I saw that yeah. he's making a film down the road and um, Gary Middleton the security guard of Little Snoring in Norfolk Spots him. It's lovely. Spots him in Morrison's. Was he in the chills but multiplying? Um, uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. That, it was. It was the freezer section. They were lovely. doing two for one. Exactly. So it was both exactly. chilled and, and multiplying. But he wasn't Very losing good. control. <laughs> and it wasn't electrifying, obviously, because they'd get... No, no. Any more? Got down. any more? Uh, yeah. Mm, going to the first aid aisle for staying alive. Yeah, you know, okay. Well, I don't know. If I you don't want, know, Paul. If you want to do, I don't know, Paul. If you want to do John Travolta in Morrison's, you know, feel free. But the reason... He went to the hairdressing aisle and he went, what, what shampoo should I get? Uh, a well, a well, a well, a... Ooh. <laughs> hey, you're off. You're off, Charlie. Yeah, stop now, says the producer. It's not, it's not often he makes an Making executive decision. Laugh. So anyway, um, yeah, he bought... Um, he bought 
just the average everyday essentials like fillet steak. Oh, it might be oh, for a Hollywood yeah. star. Yeah, is right. it? That's just normal for him. A pack it? of budget fish fingers. That is it? Class is, that isn't even his breakfast. That's just the snack after breakfast. <laughs> That's it. That yeah, for yeah. the Hollywood. So, um, Pelé and the Arndale Centre. Um, John Travolta in um, Dereham. Morrison. Yes. So uh, the unlikeliest place to spot the biggest star. Well, you're going to go somewhere to beat that as a companion. You're not going to meet. Are you going to beat um, John Travolta in a Norfolk Morrison's? I wouldn't think. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think so. We'll I don't, try. I mean, we'll trust what we'll, we'll try we'll, and we'll do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From this Friday uh, in um, London, you can go to the Design Museum and see football designing the beautiful game, a new uh, exhibition, yeah, football through the prism of design, fantastic, yeah. And here to tell us more is curator of uh, football design, the beautiful game, Eleanor Watson. Eleanor, good afternoon. Hi, good to see you. Nice to see you too. This is your this is your baby. You've been trying to get this uh, off the ground and happening, and here it is. Here we are, finally yeah. after two years yeah. of preparations. It's very exciting. Why did you Why did you want to do it? What is it about football that made you think it would it would work well for the design museum? To be honest with you, I have a very a very dear friend of mine who works at Mundial magazine and mm-hmm. he always had these sort of littered around his apartment. And uh, I'm not a football fan, full disclosure. A uh, just a, a curious outsider. Um, and I would always see these magazines and think, actually, there's really something in here from a design perspective. When I started looking into it, I was really surprised to find that there has not been an exhibition that looks at the overall story of football design um, to date. So I thought it was a very nice challenge to try and take on board. I always think as football fans, we look retrospectively at it and go, well, that was a good look, that was a good ball, that was a good shirt, yeah. that was a good stadium, you know. And you look back and you go, oh, that was obviously designed in, in a good way. And, and so when, when did you when, when did it start from, the, the exhibition? What sort so, of year? Uh, 
from this is really broad span so it's a 150 year span uh, when I first presented the idea for the exhibition our um, head of marketing at the time said it was a really bad idea because everyone associates design with this sort of unwanted commercial presence within football uh-huh. and I really wanted to show that it isn't this sort of post-1991 Premier League phenomenon and that designers and architects have played a really important part in shaping football both as a sport and as a spectacle uh, from the very early days of professionalization so from 1870 all the way through to the present yeah so it's really taking the long yeah. view i mean if you flick through mondial you, you probably there's so many sort of iconic probably the one that immediately springs to mind is, is the panel the black and white panel ball the the Tell world star. cup ball yeah. exactly that's the one that if you think of design it and it's just lasted the test of times so much isn't it it's incredible it's sort of become the archetypal football you know if you ask someone to draw a football they mm. will do the white one with the black panels and um, that's a 19 a design from the 1970s and yeah. it wasn't in use for that long really um, yeah it's the one that everybody goes to the design it? yeah and you don't you wouldn't even think of that being designed would you of course it was cause it didn't just appear by magic yeah you know? <laughs> and it's often misattributed so people like to say that it's often called like the bucky ball that and people say that it's designed by Buckminster Fuller an amazing um, architect um, because it's got that uh, similar shape that he used for his domes uh, but it wasn't, it was actually a Danish goalkeeper who designed it and then the design was later taken on by Adidas And there were these people that became these archetypal stadium designers, Archibald Leach is, yeah. is a, I'm sure you've got examples of, of his work Absolutely, you know. he's such, a, such an important figure, often referred to as the grandfather of football stadium design mm. I, I think deservedly so um, he designed partly or wholly 20 stadiums across the UK and Ireland. Uh, so, in, you know, incredibly prolific. Yeah. Uh, I think partly due to the fact that he had his background in um, factory uh, design. He was an engineer and, and architect. Uh, and he just knew how to roll these things out, I yeah. suppose. Um, and, you know, all of the, the biggest clubs of the time had an Archibald Leach design stadium. Uh, and, and they were in use for a really, really long time. And what, what, what were his sort of calling cards within a stadium? Is there specific thing he did that you can go oh, that's definitely with the theatre uh, Frank Matchen designed many many theatres in this country and, and, and across across the world so I don't know if there's an Archibald Leach sort of calling card definitely and I think the only surviving example of it is uh, um, Fulham the, mm, the cottage okay. yeah. structure yeah. which he did the sort of um, there was always a very grand pavilion in his uh, stadium designs and the, it's that kind of faux vernacular look uh, mm-hmm. with these like arched gables um, and we have a lot of his original drawings in the exhibition so people can see all of these really wonderful details like see all of the floor plans where the, the gymnasium is and very large billiards room yeah. and the plunge pool and the, the director's office and you can kind of get the sense of how football clubs were run uh, in those days purely through looking at these architectural drawings. So what sort of other areas do you look at, Eleanor? It's got club badges and stuff like that. Are they the other uh, aspects of what you do? Yeah, um, so the exhibition, as you can imagine, is quite a broad sweep. Mm. Um, so it's in five sections and we look at... Um, each one is determined by looking at a specific need within football and how designers and architects respond to that need. So um, in performance, for example, the first chapter... 
uh, we look at, okay, so what do you need to play football? Fundamentally, you need a ball mm. and preferably also a pair of boots. And by looking at the design of those two very simple objects, you can chart the entire history of uh, football's development. Mm. Um, and then similarly, the second section, identity, is looking at uh, football graphics mm. at a huge variety of scales from the club badge through to enormous handmade fan banners. Uh, the third section is crowds, looking at stadium architecture. The fourth is spectacle and looking at um, how changes in media technologies have allowed people to engage with the sport in different ways. Mm. Uh, and finally, we end on play, where we sort of remind ourselves that even though you know we've done this huge deep dive into this very vast, very complex industry of football, that football is also just a game. And it mm. is a very, very simple game at that. And it owes a lot of its uh, magic and its appeal to its simplicity. And it didn't make you want a club. It didn't, it didn't make you want a team. <laughs> You've you, you got no a, team. Where, where, you, where, you from, where are you from originally? Um, oh, no, it's terrible. I, I've travelled around too much. I'm yeah. one of these... Um, Orphan no nowhere people, so I don't have a club associated no club. with. I think, I think my great granddad played for Middlesbrough. There we are. That's okay, it. Okay, well, that's so. it. That's it. That's <laughs> a, you're a Borough fan. You are a Borough fan. That's me. Yeah. That's true and true. I can hear it in your accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Till the day I die. <laughs> you <laughs> love to <laughs> till you die. In there, definitely. You cut her and she bleeds Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you've done a little to kind of promote the uh, the exhibition. You've done a little thing with one of our own, our own Ray Parler, one of our regular presenters here. You put an Arsenal Invincible up against the world champion Freestyler, didn't mm, you? We did. Viral video that people can go and watch on the Design Museum website. It was a quite a fun way of pulling out the you know, incredible differences in the kind of kit and uh, technical equipment that people have access to today compared mm. to what they used to play. So, yeah, it was quite a fun exercise. You just can't believe that people used to play in these kinds of... Um, very heavy mm -hmm. materials, very, yeah. very yeah. stiff uh, leather boots. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's responding to the environment that they were playing. And that playing. was just 1986. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, I've got this, this, this is Ray. Ray's wearing the, the really long baggy shorts and the big boots up the yeah. leg, the sort of stuff Alan would have worn when he played. <laughs> you know, definitely. So, uh, Troy gave him some, some stick for that. So Brilliant. It sounds fantastic. It does sound good. It sounds yeah. really and good. And you've, you've, you've worked with a uh, National Football Museum up in Manchester who have been very helpful for, for content to tell this story. They've been absolutely incredible. So they're our content partners and they've loaned us around 150 really amazing objects from their collection from... George Best's first pair of football boots to the shirt that Pele wore in the 1958 World Cup in his debut at 17 um, to an original turnstile from Wembley from 1924. I mean, the, mm. the breadth and depth of um, exhibits that they've made available to us is really incredible. It's very exciting to bring them together in this way. So um, ideally, well, it runs for a good long time, which is great, runs throughout the summer. And even if you're not based in London or immediately, if you're coming into London any time before the end of August... You've got a chance to come and see this because it runs to the 29th of August, doesn't it? That's correct. From this Friday. Just tell us where you are, for those that don't know, in uh, London. So the Design Museum is based in Holland Park okay. in West London. Right. Sure. And, uh, and ideally, it's, is it, can people just rock up or is it best to book tickets in advance? I would always recommend booking in advance, definitely for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but you can also show up, certainly during the week. That's absolutely okay. fine. Okay. It, 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 it's probably cost a lot to put this together, so there is a fee for it, but there's, there's a concessions price and a, and a kid's price as well, student Good price. Stuff. 
and uh, family tickets as well. So if you want to, in the holidays, just to do some of that. A good day out. Yeah, sounds great. Well, Eleanor, we wish you well with it. Thanks, Eleanor. Very pleased it all came to fruition after all your years of nagging. Exactly that. Just hope hope Borough get promotions because I know you'll kick off if they don't. Licking fingers and toes crossed. When you do design in the beautiful game, Volume two, when you come back, you'll be a borough yeah. completist. You'll be yeah. telling us about Jack Charlton's time there. <laughs> be fantastic. That's right. The be Zenith dress, dressed, dressed as Ravenelli. That's it, dressed as Ravenelli. Um, there we are. Eleanor Watson, the curator of, uh, of football design in the beautiful game at the Design Museum, right through uh, to the end of August from this Friday. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. How'd you get on in radio? Glue yourself to the microphone. Actually, that's not a good idea, but somebody did that yesterday, and uh, we were just interested to know, really, what have you managed to glue yourself to? Yeah, Richard, the Cardiff City fan. He's not. This isn't glue, this is stapling. Are we accepting it, Paul? Or? Uh, well, I've seen it, but I mean... Uh, we don't, don't think it's don't, a good idea. Don't try it at home. It's or a stag indeed. do, and he's stapled a part of himself uh, in a Nottingham pub, uh, I think, to a post. Yeah. And that's How do you staple yourself to a post? <laughs> like an industrial staple makes it even worse. Yeah, I mean, there we are. My friend Good got luck, a cotton wool bud stuck to his ear and went, uh, stuck in his ear, went to hospital. They took him to a side room, which he said was like a comedy sketch. There was a kid with a model battleship glued to his face. <laughs> a bloke with a saucepan stuck on his head and a girl with Smarties stuck up her nose. I just, what I'd like to see is the sort of backstories of all those. Yeah. <laughs> All those, all those things, you know. Paul the Albion fan tells us uh, that one, but the kid with—I mean, you can you can always work out the kid got the battleship stuck and glued to the face. Well, it's the old, you know, air fix in it. You're yeah, doing the like transfers, and you got you're doing. And you on, put and you scratch your face, on, and then on the bow, with the you know, battleship in your exactly hand, the old art royal in your hand, then suddenly a, you're wearing it. What like a, a nightmare! Like a. Uh, butcher earring. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here. Uh, yeah, what have you managed to glue yourself to? Or, uh, yeah, glue to yourself. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. And the biggest star in the unlikeliest place. Um, and it's definitely J- uh, John Travolta. This is real John Travolta in, in a Spoons yes. and in a Morrison's in Norfolk. Although uh, Andy Smart did just say he did buy Samuel Beckett a a sherry in Waterloo once. Oh, really? I don't know if that's true or not. Paul. It's such a lovely story, isn't it? Is that true? I bought Paul? Sam. There was the time I bought Sam. Sam, I call him Sam Beckett. A sherry Sammy in Waterloo. B. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to be uh, talking to a sleep expert later, and we'll put three good questions to him if we can. Okay. Um, if you've got any questions, if you're, if you're struggling, if you want some advice on in the world of if, sleep, free advice from an expert. Because a lot of people can't sleep, Paul. Can they? No, they, they struggle with it to get through the night. Well, we're going to establish because um, our guest uh, James Wilson works in football, and uh, we're going to discover whether you, uh, indeed me, are a lark or an owl. Yeah, because that's quite key. Yeah, my uh, I, my daughter who's six gets in with us in the sort of middle of the night, early, yeah. morning, you know, and she will just and I sleep really well, but she kicks me, Paul. Yeah, just kicks me all night. When she gets in in the back, if I turn over in the... Do you have football dreams? Is it like... No, no, she's just... just kicking She's just constantly kicking me. Right. And then that wakes me up. And I love her. <laughs> it would I do. absolutely love her. But it would do, But I it? could do without being kicked okay. in the bum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> rather graphic. At four o'clock in the yeah, morning. I think all parents can... Um... <laughs> My friend's uh, son used to get in with him like that. Yeah. And he would sleep sideways. Oh, yeah. So they'd oh, she'll go horizontal yeah, now and again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like starfish it yeah, exactly. across the bed. Exactly. Like he, like he was doing a skydive. Don't have them. This is a nightmare. Yeah, okay. Well, wise words there, Charlie. Thanks very much for that. <laughs>
And we are. Um, yes, since you've mentioned uh, Adil being discussed on your show, I can't stop seeing Adil Tarapt in my kitchen. What am I going to do? Oh, oh right. I see Adil Tarapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's a rat. You'd be 40. Did it's they? a pun so bad, it's worthy of being on the birthday spread, says oh, the Billericay Gooner. <laughs> Yes, I think it. Yeah, Andy might. Yeah, next top, time it top next time level stuff that Tarep's, for Andy. Adult Tarap's birthday. I saw Zola Bud in Stead and Simpson in Southampton. Says uh, Mark the Saints fan. Mark, <laughs> is that true? Because <laughs> didn't that can't be true? Yes, yeah, she was probably training over here. She was a yeah, British yeah, athlete for a while. Bud wasn't she? Isn't that a joke? Because Zola Bud was famous for wearing no shoes. Oh, okay. Is, I don't know if he's trying to. If that's true, what is Stead and Simpson? Is it a sh- shoe shop? It a shoe shop. It's a shoe shop. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm it's never, a shoe I've shop. Got, I've never heard of it, Charlie. Is it Stead and Simpson? It must be down your Stead way. Stead and Simpson. Uh, yeah. You know, solid, solid as a solid, solid as that a. Rock. Was theirs, that was it? one of theirs, wasn't it? Stead and uh, Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I saw um, Van Morrison in a chip shop in Malmesby in um, in 1991. Mm. He, he can be a bit prickly, can't he? He can be. Yeah. He can be a bit. He can be a bit difficult. Turns around. He's like. Uh, two days later, I saw him pulling out of a petrol station in a Vauxhall Astra van. That can't be the that same one. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Van Morrison oh, drives oh, wow. a. I mean, you know, a bit of sort of. It seems unlikely that he's got a Vauxhall Astra van. If I think if Vanarama wanted to get hold of Van Morrison yeah. for a, a hookup, you know, yeah. the, these days that people do, they 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 do a crossover. You know, I'd, I, I, yeah, I, I don't see him. Don't Vanara- see him. You, Van, I don't, I don't, you change your name to Vanarama Morrison yeah. for a week. Yeah, we'll we'll look, give you X amount of pounds. He strikes me as the kind of artist who would be prepared Maybe to do Vanarama. Yeah, well, it's a marvelous night for a Vanarama. Yeah, well, when they bring back um, stars in their eyes, Charlie, I'm not going on don't as go Van, on as Van, Van you, Morrison. I'm trying to work out how you do a Van Morrison impression. I can't well, think. Not very ideally. I, I wouldn't work. <laughs> don't. I, I wouldn't work it up on air. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they can spend the next hour and 35 minutes trying to perfect there's it? A bit, uh, there's a little bit I like fishing. Sorry, Barry, could you just stop? Charlie thinks he's getting there. <laughs> oh, I like fishing. Yeah. It's a little bit of I like fishing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else? Uh, Mark says, got? can't sleep, you say. Isn't that why Martin Kellner is on overnights? Come on now. There's no need Mark, that. that's very cruel, there Mark. Absolutely no Martin's a very funny that. man. He certainly is. Excellent broadcaster, yeah. indeed. Mark the Saints fan, if you can get back in touch to tell us if the Zola Bud story was a joke and a good one, I will say that, yeah. um, or if you genuinely saw her in there. That would see. I, I, that's obviously something that's down on the south coast or down your way. I've never not, heard of Stead and Simpson. I've no? never heard of them. No, maybe it's. Have you heard of Stead and Simpson? Eight ten eighty nine. <laughs> it's not a Twitter poll, Charlie. <laughs> we can't do that as a Twitter poll. Somebody, I know Andy loves a letter to the papers, but I've got a posh one here. Oh, nice. This was Barry Southern. I don't know if he's trying to work up an act. <laughs> Barry said, "Sir, why is it that the crisps inside a packet so rarely taste like the description on the outside of the packet?" I thought I wouldn't open with that, Baz. Wouldn't open well, with that is, one. This is, this is is, what's this is like, you know, have you ever know. noticed? It must be an ongoing correspondence. I'm Barry Southern. This yeah. is John Northern. Yeah. Hello, John. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that crisps inside a packet rarely taste like the description? Oh, yeah, not sure, Barry. <laughs> Just, I'd bury that. Cheese and onion? About five minutes before the end of the first sound, half. This doesn't taste like cheese or onion. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's not going to work, is it? That's not going for that, Paul, not having that, man. No, it's, uh, no, no, I'm not, no, it's very good, Charlie. Very Can good. we have a shout out to the Giles boys already on our way from Mansfield to Forest Green for a massive league two games and that is a big there's a lot a of games game. there's championship matches so we've got um, Blades versus QPR tonight with Dance and Danny Mills and uh, there's plenty of games in League 1 and League 2 you'll be kept in touch of all those I'm sure by Adrian Durham 
Wiley brings you full commentary of Benfica versus Liverpool. You've seen this programme that's coming out soon. I, I, I think it's on BBC or oh, yeah. I, it's BBC or ITV, mm-hmm. Paul. And it's uh, Ice. I don't know what it's called, like the Ice People or Ice Man or something like that. Okay. Something like that. And it's a guy called Wim Hof. Oh, and I've he, heard of Wim Hof. And, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and he like swears by like you know shocking your brain into no depression by getting in iced water or like an ice bath or like swimming under the ICC and that sort yeah. of stuff but I keep mixing up the name Wim Hof with the name Ten Hag so I think why is this bloke taking over at Man United Wim Hof you're going to shock the Manchester United <laughs> players Harry Maguire this is what they need an ice bath yeah uh, the is. good people at Toots Boots have been in charge okay, yeah. they pimp football boots and they're telling you that Charlie had some advice to you on the boots to buy didn't well, they I bought the Kaiser right? Fives and they said you needed the Copper Mondials I know I want the Copper Mondials I want yeah. to drive a Ferrari Paul the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. Well, I was delighted to read these few lines in today's Sun. It says, the British and World Marbles Championship returns after two years on Good Friday in Crawley, West Sussex. It's back. Good news. World Marbles Championship, yes. a long, long-term staple. What format does it take, Paul? This is what I'm interested in. Well, what I know game are. are they playing? Let's find out. I'm assuming we've got somebody who can tell us. Unless we certainly you're, have. You're going to tell me. No, I, I'm, we're going to leave it to Richard Patel from uh, the World Marbles Championship. Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you back again. It's a marvellous tournament. And, um, I mean, obviously it was all COVID-related, this, uh, like, the, you know, the rest of the world shut down, so did the world of marbles. As it was shut down for two years, and we recently just got confirmation that last Friday that it's going to go ahead this year. So we just start preparing everything ready for the Good Friday. Fantastic. Why is the Greyhound in Crawley the, the home of marbles? It has been going on since 1932, Wow. And it's been kept on. It's just been last two years because of COVID. Otherwise, it's been on every year. And I've been here myself for since last nine years, and I've been holding it myself for since nine years. Testing. What, what is it, Richard? Is it, do you play singles? Is it teams? Doubles? We, I don't know how it works. Have, yeah, we were teams of singles. We were also teams of pairs. We were teams of uh, country. And we were also teams of, you know, also, uh, full team of eight people in. And it goes on. And the finals are played until we got the, you know, whole final plates. In the main car park, we have others which we play singles, and those are played in the garden. They've really embraced it in the pub, Charlie. Yeah. If you look on the pub website, um, you've got all these plaques. You know, you've got yeah. the Crawley Arts Council played on Good Fridays with forty-nine shooting marbles, uh, tollies on the ring. The World Marbles Championship uh, has been played at this venue. So yeah, since nineteen thirty-two, it talks you all through it. It's, a, it's beautiful yeah, that you. it's been embraced, and uh, there's a plaque in memory of Sam Spooner who was uh, the kind of godfather of marbles. What can you tell us about him? I don't have much of history myself, but it, it's been going for a long time. And, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah. Hey, it sounds like, yeah. Sounds like busy but pub yeah, well, today, Paul. There's actually all these things for us, and uh, they've been carrying on uh, since we have taken the pub over. Sure. Now, in um, yeah, they've got, they've got a, a roll of honour. Okay, only, yeah, going back, only going back Roll. to 1977. Roll of Honor. Roll of Honor. Yeah. 1977, the Hand Cross Rebels won it. Um, but then team, there was, was a it? very long run, the quite dominant Manchester City-like run uh, from 1980 to 1990, or sort of a Celtic Rangers situation. Yeah. Black Dog Boozers. Yeah, they were the team that won it, were good, yeah. won it for many years. They, and, and they Black often marbles did. they had, Paul. Did they? Black marbles. They, they, they probably pure, did. Pure, opaque black marbles, just like... So this thing, when you take on a pub like this, Richard, obviously you, all the history comes with it, doesn't it? It does, yeah, it does come with you, yeah. Yeah. And what's your marbles like? Any good? Myself? Yes, you yeah. any good? 
No, I wish I could. I'm on my age now, 70 years. I can't get on my knees to play. That's true. I you don't try, but it's too, yeah. It's yeah. Well, me. you've got it. Maybe you yeah. should do the cere- as the landlord, the ceremonial tip-off, whatever well, they call it. Well, uh, you're yeah. in Crawley, and I'm, I know the king of Crawley is Ramesh Ranganathan. Oh, yeah, Richard, Ramesh. I'm friends with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this forward to him to try and get him to come to your pub on... Uh, on Basically, on, yeah. Yeah. That'll be good, wouldn't it? And also, I don't know if you've ever been to Devon. In South Devon, there's a place called Bovey Tracy. Yeah. And in Bovey Tracy is a place called the House of Marbles. Right. And it's like a marble museum and a marble, marble gift shop. Yeah. And they have it's full of marbles, Paul. It's absolutely, yeah. And it's, I mean, if you are a marble fan... Oh, who isn't? The House of Marbles in Bovey Tracy is the place to go. Okay, fantastic. Mix I mean, it up with a day at Trago Mills. Quick pop to Haytor for an ice cream. What yeah. a lovely day that is, Paul. Fantastic. And then pop along to the World Championship. Although, bit of a drive. Bit of a drive. Yeah, that, that's that's right. I'm not saying, perhaps Easter Saturday. You and are they coming? Or Maundy Thursday. Now, now people are able to travel, uh, travel again. I, may, I imagine you'll have quite a few people from overseas, Richard, come into play. We do, yes. We get people from America. We get from, from Germany. We the last year, you know, last World Cup, we were taken by Germany. Germany's taken quite a few cups for uh-huh. yeah, the yeah, the running champions at the moment. Germans coming over here, winning our marbles. Yeah, well, it's well, not. It's the world championship. I take that it, back. It's not. It's ours. the British. The world and British belongs to everybody. The world and British, and you know they are tremendous, as we yeah, know, great are. competitors in the world. Do people sport. bring their own marbles, or do you have to? Uh, have, do, you, do you supply the marbles, Richard? They they bring their own marbles. So we also the guy who would actually sell the marbles here, we they played here, and also. Uh, all different sizes, different colours, all marbles are sold here as well at the same time. Oh, I sell the marbles as well. Yeah, sideline, marble sideline, isn't it? Fantastic. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned the House of Marbles. It sounds like no, it sounds like it's basically in competition. It's, it's but not, not regionally, clearly. That's it. Well, look, Richard, hope it goes fantastically well. Thanks for joining us today. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Sir. Thanks, Richard. There we are, the governor yeah, of the, the the home of marbles, uh, the Greyhound in Crawley. Are you yeah. going to get Ramesh down there? Well, I'll text him about it yeah. and they will ignore it. Okay. So, okay. That's just well, at least that, you know what you're doing. That's how that'll with. work out, Paul. Yeah, okay. You know, so, but, you know, he, he's he probably a busy, knows it. He's a busy man. He's probably filming one of his many TV shows on Good Friday. He'll know, he'll know the Greyhound. He'll know the ground. Well, his he's, he's, uh, parents used to run a pub in uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Might know Richard, so might, might know Richard. You yeah, never know. You never this. know pub. Anyway, John Herbin joins us a little bit later on. Canada's manager will be chatting to him. They're on their way the to the Canada World Cup. The Canada manager. Uh, the Canada manager. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else? Oh, we'll bring you that. We'll get more of your text emails. Adam tweets. Rose joining yeah. us, isn't he? Yeah. Is marble the summer sport for Conkers players? Uh, says Wogan. Mm. I think it is. That's, uh, that's a very good uh, call, certainly. Nice and if you, idea, have you ever yeah. glued yourself to anything, uh, this is uh, somebody who decided the way forward in the world of radio was to glue themselves to the microphone. They yeah. were protesting, but uh, not a good move if you're looking to do well on your work placement. Uh, but Kevin says, uh, I split my eye open playing rugby. So try to glue it shut myself. Oof. Never a great idea. Let the professionals do it, Kevin. <laughs> Ended up gluing my finger to my eyelid. That's not a good... Look, you look constantly look like Columbo. <laughs> yeah. Put a Mac on and keep going back saying, just one more thing. That's the Tommy Cooper joke, isn't it? Hurts here, here, here and here. What have I done? You've broken your finger. That's, <laughs> that's it. Um, it's always good to do a visual gag on radio, Lovely, Charlie. I, mean, I think people got the idea. Okay. Uh, Resulted in me opening it up again, ripping my finger away, says Kevin. So what have you glued yourself oh, to? That's the, that's the high quality of material we're giving you this afternoon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We are going to focus now on the Champions League. Because our commentary game this evening is Benfica versus Liverpool. We can cross the Lisbon now. Wow. 
to uh, speak to uh, a very excited Liverpool fan, uh, head of the game, podcaster, comedian, Adam Rowe. Good afternoon, Adam. Hey, Adam. What's happening, boys? How are we? Very yeah. good. You, you sound can... excited. Oh, of course I am. It's the biggest month in Liverpool's history as far as I, since I've been alive. Like April is a very, very exciting time and it's either going to be the best month of my football fan life <laughs> or the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you lose all of it, including the derby. Be a nightmare. Uh, don't. don't. That, I, I mean, it, it's it's hard to be anything but extremely positive as a Liverpool fan at the minute, but it really does all rest on. And we've got to win every single game this month. Um, it's, uh, it, it's what you live for as a football fan, but it's also very nerve-wracking and anxiety-inducing at the same time. It's, uh, I mean, a lovely, certainly a, to go to as well. It's a win-win, isn't it, when you draw a team like Benfica? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely worse European cities to be going to away games in. We won't embarrass anyone by naming them, but I think Lisbon in the sun for mm. uh, an afternoon ahead of a Champions League quarter-final, like, it doesn't really get much better than that, does it? Yeah. So the big question is selection, I suppose. You know, is it Sargresh or is it Superbock? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> big big calls to be made. It's Superbock for me, personally, like, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I so, think I think you'll hammer them tonight. I'm, I'm, I can't see any other score than than Klopp wanting to go there, get the job done, and and you know so can take it a bit easy in the home leg. But maybe I'm being cocky. Well, it's it's um, it's an interesting one, really, because of the schedule we've got coming up. There's a lot of chat amongst Liverpool fans about like the select the selection of the team tonight, and there's people saying maybe Mohamed Salah should be rested and he's had a busy schedule, and we've got City coming up on Sunday. I'd just love to be a fly on the wall. With Jürgen Klopp telling Mohamed Salah he's not playing in a Champions League quarterfinal because <laughs> I don't think that's going to go very well, especially when we're trying to tie him down to a new deal. Um, I think Liverpool will be largely full strength tonight um, and Klopp tends to take each game at one at a time. Um, I, I think, you know, Benfica, like no disrespect to Benfica, but them alongside Villarreal with the, the draw that every other team mm. in the Champions League wanted to get. There's no easy games at this stage of any competition, especially the biggest club competition in world football. But Liverpool should be going there tonight and looking to get even a 1-0 or a 2-0 win to bring them back to Anfield and we can finish the job there. Yeah. You can maybe look at a future um, transfer target. Young Darwin Nunes, everybody's raving about. I know Newcastle and Brighton had a tilt, but... You know, that was never really going to happen. It Probably Newcastle, you know, buy him to change down the back of the set in two years' time. But at the moment, he's probably got bigger fish to fry. Uh, and a really good player. You'll get a chance to see him in action tonight. I, I always like watching the Portuguese teams play, especially because it's normally when we play them, we absolutely slap them all over the place. <laughs> but they've got exciting players all the time. There's a lot of talent that the Premier League's had over the past sort of two decades that has come either directly from um, or, like, started it in the Portuguese league. And then you've also got players like Lazar Markovic, who looked absolutely unbelievable in Portugal and then looked like they couldn't hit a, a, a barn door when, when they come and played in the Premier League. So it's one of those leagues, it's like Holland, where there's some genuine world-class talent that comes through there. And then there's others that look a lot better because their league is maybe slightly weaker than the European top five leagues. Uh, the podcast goes from strength to strength. Your podcast, the Have a Word podcast, you and Dan Nightingale have, have stepped in and changed the game. You become the biggest uh, sports and and just normal podcast in the, in the country um, with 
Patreon's absolutely coming out your ears. Blimey. And you're about to do a massive show in a, the M&S Liverpool Arena, which is game-changing again. I can only admire it, and it's fantastic, Adam. You must be loving it. It's, uh, it's been an absolute whirlwind of the two years since we started Have A Word, the, the podcast we do, and it's, um, it's mind-blown. So on Friday the 9th of December, we're doing <laughs> the Arena in Liverpool. We'll be only the second podcast in history to do an arena-sized show, um, and we've got some really big surprises lined up. It's not just going to be like a live podcast, to be honest with you. We can't just sit there, four of us, with a microphone in front of 10,000 people. We're going to make it a, an extravaganza, a party with proper set pieces, a proper stage, produ- like a proper stage production level mm. show. Um, me and Dan are going to do some stand up as well because oh. you know if you're going to fill an arena, you might as well do a bit of stand up. Yeah, of uh, <laughs> um, and, and and that's the plan. But yeah, that's very, mm. very, very, very exciting. That and not just like the podcast live shows. It's changed mine and Dan's career. Dan's yeah. going on tour at the end of the year. I'm in the middle of my tour yeah. at the minute. And just having to constantly add dates because the amount of people finding us through this podcast is is just unprecedented. Mm. We can't really believe what's going on. It has changed, hasn't it? It's changed how, because you can take it in your own control now and you can put yourself out there, you can self-produce, you can put your own shows out, you can mm. you can build your own audience, that the old ways are, are, are sort of, you must look at people going to Edinburgh or things and think, you can do this yourself. Yeah, I think it's a very, very, very exciting era that we're sort of coming into as comics in that it's so easy now to self-produce content to a really high standard and relatively, not like completely, but relatively speaking, it's quite cheap to film comedy. Mm. Um, So comedians sort of taking control of their own careers and removing the gatekeepers that have been in the way for a long time. It's changing everything because not only is the content less sanitized compared to what goes on the TV and stuff like that, but there was for a while, I would call it like a famine mentality amongst comedians where it was like they wouldn't share each other's stuff because we were all competing for the same four jobs on the telly. Whereas now because of the internet, there's basically an unlimited supply of fans and audience. I'm seeing more and more comedians sharing and shouting about each other's work, sharing specials, putting sketches out, everyone starting studio podcasts. And the next 10 years of UK comedy is going to, it's going to be another boom of it because I'm seeing comedy clubs getting busier as well as uh, comedians being able to sell tour shows to a a level that wasn't the case five or 10 years ago, as far as I was concerned. Um, It's very, very, very exciting. And comedians taking control of the comedy industry and taking that back from people who've never done comedy themselves is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, only a positive thing. And Charlie, you've taken back control because oh, yeah. uh, well, as your many uh, friends on OnlyFans, you sit there in your skimpies. Uh, yeah, the only, and people, the only they, fans. Your fans, they lap it up, yeah, don't they, they, Charlie? They, they both love it. They, <laughs> fantastic. Your various poses, <laughs> which we always enjoy. Exactly. A different, <laughs> a, yeah. a different swimsuit every day, Paul. Well, it's that's lovely. what I go for. That's why I, I actually I only subscribe mainly for the swimsuits. <laughs> I'm not really interested who's in them. Anyway, um, some possibly going to your gig and listening to this now because we've discovered that, that Jurgen Klopp tunes in to talk sport now and again. He doesn't always agree with Simon Jordan, he says. Good afternoon, Jurgen, if you're in your hotel room in yeah. Lisbon. Uh, I mean, because... Who does always agree with Simon Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even agree with himself, 
Yeah. <laughs> more than anyone I've ever known. Yeah. But he says he, he tries to improve his English because of the many dialects uh, on the stage. From yeah. TalkSport. Yeah, he listens to TalkSport and he says, I'm trying to, I just listen to kind of improve my... He's going to come into a press conference one day and go, Morning! Yeah. Like, yeah. like Big <laughs> Allen. Yeah, yeah. He's going to give it one of those. I did love him talking about Luis Diaz as well. He said... Uh, what a player. He tried to size him up and ask him about Benfica. He said he, he, he spoke to me for about five minutes, but I didn't catch any of it. He oh. said, so. What a signing he's been, though, Adam. Yeah, good business. Oh, he's absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't... It looks like he was made in a lab to play for the, <laughs> the yeah. Mm. yeah, Like, it, you couldn't really design a better... And he, to the untrained eye, he's just a very similar player to Salah and Mane, but he's so different to both of them. He's so much more direct than Mane is. He's, he's always looking to get straight at the, the second the ball's at his feet. He's just, I'm going to run it yet and see what you do. And that's just going to co- constantly buy him more and more space. I'm so excited. I hope yeah. he plays tonight. I, I personally tonight would go with Diaz, Mane and Salah as the, as the front three. And I would keep, I keep changing my mind about this, but I would keep Jota back for, for City. Um, I would give Trent Alexander-Arnold 60 minutes tonight and then bring him off. Um yeah, uh, the, it, this is the first time in my Liverpool support and life that Liverpool have got a squad where you genuinely Options, don't yeah. know what the best first eleven is. Well, good stuff, Adam. There Enjoy the game Enjoy tonight. It. Thanks go for joining have, us. Go and have a uh, custard tart and a sargresh. Lovely. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> the full Lisbon experience. That's right. I'm yeah. getting on the Guinness, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cheers, Adam. Thanks a Cheers, lot. Cheers, Adam. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow from one. Andy will be here looking back on the Champions League. Of course, he'll be at a game tomorrow night at the bridge against Real Madrid. Look, he'll bounce back after that shooing from Brentford at the weekend. But anyway, we'll be doing all that um, for you tomorrow. Charlie's back on Thursday. I do hope you can join us tomorrow from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 